This week on the podcast, episode number 144, why we sent one of our own whalers to Buenos Aires. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. Joining us today, formal introduction, is Meredith Esquivel, marketing manager, whaler at Whole Whale and dean of Whole Whale University. Meredith, how's it going? It's going well. It's hot here in Buenos Aires, which you haven't said where I am yet, but it's where I am. It's almost summertime. Um, yeah, having a good day. So I want to jump basically right into it. You're clearly uh, <laughs> not at our Brooklyn headquartered office, and instead, Whole Whale has sent you to another country for an entire month. Why on earth did we do this? Why on earth did we do this? I have been at Whole Whale for three years, and so after three years, we have the option to work abroad for a month, and I chose Buenos Aires, as I said, um, because of the timing and the language. Um, it's a great chance to take a break from the general day-to-day -day and work on some different projects and also just get a different idea for different cultures and different uh, people and different um, working styles. So I've had the chance to do that for the last month and I've had a blast. So I'll, I'll give some, some context to this episode finally by saying Wholewell rolled out a, a perk, a benefit, a retention strategy. And it is that after about, what did we say, two and a half years? Or is it two and a quarter did you negotiate? I think it's I think it's technically two and a half. There you go. Two and a half years. Look how much I know. We will send a whaler and we will pay for uh, we will pay for the I think some of the flight, some of the overhead, basically chip in about you know, about two grand or so to working from abroad with the expectation that after they work from abroad for a month that they then agree to stay on for another year with the organization. And I'm thrilled to say that we finally had somebody uh, take us up on, on this offer. And Meredith, you were our first sort of like penguin in the water on this. <laughs> yes, I am the first one to do it. I jumped at the chance the second that it became available for me. What I think is interesting is that I've been, I'd been trying to get Meredith to do the previous incarnation of this, uh, which was a volunteer sabbatical. Now, the volunteer sabbatical would have been effectively finding a program to work with a nonprofit or a local organization abroad, applying your skills to, to work on that and effectively, you know, as the term suggests, sabbatical. You get paid, but you do not work on whole whale stuff. And... I feel like it was just too hard to find that period of time that you could just stop, especially with our agency work. Is that summarize it enough for you? I don't know, the audience, Meredith? Yeah, it's kind of a, it would be a unicorn opportunity. It would have been awesome to volunteer somewhere for a month. Uh, but working with clients, I currently have three clients, um, but other client managers have anywhere from one to even up to four or five clients. So it's just a lot of time face-to-face -face with, um, with clients 
and they have needs and we can't just pick up and leave for a whole month and and leave them um, without us. So it was just too hard to schedule, especially with um, with timelines. And it would be it was also just too difficult to find an opportunity just for a month somewhere. It was really uh, all the opportunities were they wanted people to support for longer than a month or the volunteer volunteer work wasn't really related to what we do. Um, and that was kind of part of the idea of the benefit as well, is that we'd be doing some kind of digital marketing work, but that's not usually something that people are looking for. So it's just really hard to research. So when we originally were, were looking at this, I didn't, I was afraid, uh, one of productivity and safety and, you know, ease of all things. So I went with a program uh, that I have a friend at, but I went with a program called Hacker Paradise that, you know, sort of packages together this entire program, a cohort, so that there are, you know, friendly faces, people looking out for you as opposed to like, all right, I'm just going to like cafe hop my way through Buenos Aires, which was not attractive to me. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your experience working in this type of uh, collaborative or cohort environment? I've really, really enjoyed it, uh, especially, I mean, going into to the planning process. I was already planning for the time that I would be out of office. Uh, I am working four days a week while I'm here, and I also opted to take some vacation around um, this travel since I'm down here, so why not? Um, so I did a lot of the planning for my clients and my own personal life, and it was really nice to have someone else to help coordinate everything that would I would need once I got here. And Hacker Paradise did that in terms of housing with Wi-Fi, the housing actually ended up having a co-working space in the apartment building. So we have two co-working spaces. I don't know how typical that is, but we definitely lucked out. So multiple options for co-working with internet. Um, they also set up SIM cards if you want that. So that was a big help. And it's just been really nice to have other people who work in similar or adjacent or even very different fields, but are all here doing the same thing, uh, have people to go to lunch with and to, um, help plan different trips and activities. I spend a lot of my time planning as an account manager. And so it's nice to not do all the planning for a trip one day and have someone else uh, coming up with a weekend trip idea or something like that. So it really helped to relieve some of the stress that I would have felt if I were to do this all on my own. Yeah, I think it's important to note at this point, we're not actually getting paid by Hacker Paradise to put this out there. I just, you know, I want to bring up the fact that it's not, you know, from, you know, a perk standpoint or a benefit standpoint, like a, a willy-nilly just, you know, pick a country and run around. Uh, there was there was some structure in place, and it was also just peace of mind uh, for me, knowing that it was also going to be safe, it was going to be productive, uh, and then there was, uh, you know, a little bit more structure associated with getting you up and running versus, uh, you know, the alternative, which is, you know, run around by yourself and figure things out, which I think uh, it left, if, especially for our first trial run. You were the first trial run. If this went, if this does go poorly, Meredith, we may have to get rid of this. <laughs> I have one more day left. <laughs> I can't mess it up now. I will also say to the safety point um, that it, it has also really helped to feel safe, especially being a woman traveling alone. I would have been a woman traveling alone. Um, it's a good opportunity to go to places where maybe I would have felt less, less comfortable. Um, I felt fine here, but if um, someone else were to do it or if I were to do it again, um, 
I would maybe go somewhere maybe more adventurous, and I would have felt totally safe with um, having a group like this. So it uh, opens up a lot of doors. So tell yeah, me. Not <laughs> uh, so tell me how it's been. What is the most surprising thing about you know you go to work in you know one of the busiest cities in America in Brooklyn, now suddenly shifted over. What is both similar and uniquely different about the sort of day to day grind, but just doing it in a different country? Well, we're working. I'm working right now out of a co-working space in Buenos Aires, which is very similar to uh, a lot of the ones in New York. So, which we and we used to work out of one as well. So, when I got to this co-working space, I immediately knew kind of the the office politics, so to speak, of how to squat for a phone booth, like how to navigate my way around a co-working space. And everyone here also had that kind of same the same thinking or it was all very, it felt very familiar. They were just all speaking Spanish rather than English, but um, that helped it feel a little bit more like home and was really nice to see. The difference is definitely in the timing. So everything here is later, shifted a bit later. So I get in here at nine, 9.30. I'm the first one in the door, but everyone else comes in later, but they also stay a lot later. So um, just the timing of it was really interesting. And everyone here also stops at around 1 or 2 p.m. And they all have lunch together, which I think is really fun and really cute. Uh, it made some of my calls that were around 1 p.m. a little louder than <laughs> I was prepared for for the first few days. But then I figured it out after that. So the, the, they take their lunchtime very seriously. Yeah. And is it's it just no this group or is it like the entire city is like, no, 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 it is time for time for lunch? It seems like it's the entire city. When I've gone out for lunch, um, I, every restaurant fills up all kind of around the same time. Whereas New York, we're into fast, casual lunching. So you'll walk by a place where it's all to go lunches and they're really packed. But here everyone sits and enjoys a lunch, which I have really appreciated. And what has been the most surprising thing that you've enjoyed about this trip that you didn't anticipate? I've really enjoyed how productive I felt, <laughs> which is not something I was anticipating because I was I was thinking about you know the food, the culture, practicing my Spanish, um, but I shifted my my hours a bit earlier while I was here. Uh, Buenos Aires right now is an hour ahead of New York. And then uh, we also have whalers on the West Coast. So I was working off hours from most of the team. And in that off time, and also off hours for the city I was in. And so in that off time, I was able to get a lot done. And I was able to leave uh, a little bit on the early side because I started earlier. And then I was able to have a full afternoon feeling really productive and uh, I've really enjoyed that. But that was not something I was, I was thinking about. I thought I might be scrambling to get things done in between touristing around, but I've had plenty of time for everything, which has been awesome. Yeah, that's, um, it's so funny. You're like, I finally got stuff done out of the office. And I'm like, oh boy, in the back of my mind, what are we doing <laughs> wrong over here? But it's true. It's uh, the symptom of working together and the upside of working together, of the, the necessary meetings, the FaceTime, the, hey, can I grab two seconds? And, you know, it's uh, a lot easier to have heads down time when, uh, when you work remotely and abroad. Exactly. All right. Well, 
wait a minute, I've got the dean of Whole Whale University on the line. <laughs> uh, can, you can you explain why Whole Whale has a dean and, and maybe what Whole Whale University is? <laughs> yeah, don't waste this opportunity. Um, Whole Whale University is our suite of on-demand learning. Um, so we have courses that are kind of talking head video style. We have webinars that also branch out uh, into our Whole LU Live. We have trainings, we have templates. So it's all encompassed under one umbrella of our education initiative called Whole University. We recently launched our own learning platform on our site called a learning management system. And so um, I've been building this product and, and also creating the courses from kind of a curriculum educator standpoint for the past few years. Um, altogether. So it's been a huge project, but it's really fun and I've really enjoyed it. And I gave my name the title of Dean uh, because a lot of what I do is definitely more centered around community engagement and this kind of our students, our whole will viewers. So I thought that was an appropriate title. Uh, this message brought to you by Howell University. We should get, oh, oh my gosh, you should sponsor this podcast I run. It'll be great. Howell U is a sponsor, yes. <laughs> this is SponCon. Okay. Um, shameless shameless plug over. I want to play a quick round of pro versus con around setting up basically this, this uh, work from abroad reward retention strategy. Um, and Meredith, as a guest, would you like the pro or con? Can I do pro yes if? No way. Add you some dependence? No. Be, you can be pro. I'm just pro. You're just okay, blindly pro. pro. You're fully for it with no caveats. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you like to go first or second? It. I will go second. All right. The voice in the back of my head says, yeah, sure, this is fine, but how can we blanketly offer this to all performers of our organization? We're much bigger, and what if somebody who is not at a top performer wants to go on retreat and go away for a month and then I have to keep them for a year. What say you? You should definitely set up some parameters around who can go and when. Um, so someone not under performance review or whatever the equivalent is at your organization and also maybe after a certain amount of time, which is how we have it set up. Um, and I'd also recommend setting some boundaries around communication so that you know that they are actually working and not um, just running around the city. So daily check-ins or something along those lines. And what is your what is your pro argument you'd like to, to throw out? Pro would definitely be the productivity around some things that maybe have gone by the wayside, some projects that just get punted, but actually once they start piling up can cause a problem. When someone has the headspace of being in a different place, um, they have more time available to them, they're able to get through those a lot faster. And there's also the opportunity of talking to different people from different networks outside of your typical bubble. And so you can get some fresh perspective from new people on those different projects that can help make them even better. I'm glad you brought up productivity because if somebody can go literally anywhere in the world, uh, aren't there places where they'd end up where simply the time shift alone would make it untenable for regular meetings and let's say client check-ins? That's definitely true. And so that would be something that I would 
think really carefully about when you are setting this up uh, is the time zone. It's been really easy for me being only one hour off. Um, but if I were to be 12 or 13, I don't know if I could do it. But I'm also a morning person. So maybe for the night owls, they could work a little bit later. And do you have a, another pro argument to throw into the mix? Another pro would be that this kind of comes from what I said before, but um, meeting new people and people from different networks. So you can meet people doing the same thing or, or similar work in a different country and get a new perspective on what that work looks like and how it's done. And that can help you to grow professionally as an individual. And then that growth can help contribute to the company's growth as well or organization. My final con would be, wait a minute. So somebody goes on this trip and what is actually holding them from just not leaving the following month? What is actually keeping that person in the organization for an agreed another year? Because frankly, everyone is an at-will hire. Yeah, you'd have to, again, set up those boundaries. And then also, um, it's a lot of trust, but trust is necessary. And uh, final pro would be the, just the opportunity to travel. Not everyone has that or uh, can, feels comfortable going to certain places. And doing a program like this or even just offering them the chance to travel would maybe free up some of those boundaries. And it's I just am a huge proponent of, of seeing the world, meeting new people, experiencing different cultures, taking yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think it just makes people much more strong, like stronger, better presenters, better um, working through difficult problems, better at relating to other people. And I'm a huge, huge fan. All right. Thank you for playing pro versus con. I hope, hopefully, hopefully have convinced uh, some folks out there to consider this as a perk. I can, I can say from the eye perspective that I consider it incredibly valuable that now I think that a top performer at our organization is going to stick around for a year versus, you know, being scared that, you know, someone's always looking for another job. So I think in terms of retention, you know, it's not an accident. I choose that, like, that window of two to two and a half years because, frankly, if you look at your data, it's, it's a common time when uh, the younger generation, millennials in particular, and the workforce are actually looking for new things, if, especially if they're not necessarily advancing as quickly, if they're not getting challenged as much. So I'm always looking for clever ways to, to keep talent. All right. Are we ready for rapid fire? I hope so. Ooh, okay. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, please keep your responses to around 30 seconds-ish. What is one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the last year? Can I say whole university? <laughs> Talk about a mistake that you made earlier in your career that shapes the way you do things today. I accidentally sent an email to the wrong people, and now I'm extremely, extremely careful and cautious and write guides for everything. Do you believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business? Oof. I hope so. If I were to toss you in the hot tub time machine back to when you first started at Whole Whale, what advice would you give yourself? To speak up and ask as many questions as possible. I'm usually pretty shy, and I was very shy when I started, but I could, I could have learned more much faster by asking more questions, and I was at a place where everyone was really open and willing to answer them. So um, take advantage of those opportunities. 
What is something that you think you or your organization should stop doing? Uh, working past, working past my working hours. Need to take take that break, and uh, it'll it'll get done tomorrow morning. Remember that. If you had a Harry Potter style wand to wave across the social impact sector, what would it do? It would automate a lot more. Automation is key. How did you get started in the social impact working world? I had a bunch of internships at different companies, and I really enjoyed the marketing side. But uh, I worked at an organization on my college campus, the Center for Identity and Inclusion, and I found that work really meaningful. And so I wanted to bring that kind of meaningful work、uh, into my marketing work as well. And I found Whole Whale, which does both, and it's been amazing. What advice would you give young people currently graduating, looking to work in the sector? I would try to meet people and talk to them, and really talk about their experiences and the pros and cons of、uh, just to find the right job fit. But in terms of organization, go with your heart and something that you are passionate about, because at the end of the day, you should feel passionate about the work that you're doing and the end goal that you're trying to achieve. What career advice did your parents originally give you that you either followed or did not follow?、Uh, they kind of gave me the same advice that I just gave of、um, working for something that means something to you. All right, Meredith. Final question: How do people find you? How do people help you? You can find me at any of our Whole You Live events,、uh, <laughs> um, which you can find on our website. You can find me. On Twitter at the big, no, sorry, I forgot my own Twitter handle. <laughs> at, at at just Mayor tweets. You can find me、uh, responding to and sending emails about Hoel University. Shameless plug, number what is this five six? Can't help myself. Oh, Meredith, thank you for tolerating my questions and <laughs> sharing, and hopefully changing minds、uh, about the value of this potential retention tactic and perk for employees. Thank you, George. It's been fun. This has been using the whole whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com/podcast and consider following us on Twitter at wholewhale. And thanks for joining us. <laughs> It'd be really cool if this caught on because、uh, I think there's a lot of upside to it. I didn't realize there was that. It's a great point about getting to look at your work from abroad and different point of view, being like, "Wait a minute, this is what's important," versus day to day. It's it's fascinating, actually. I didn't think about. Yeah, it's definitely helped. That's definitely been helpful. It's like what is actually important. Like, what's a meeting I actually have to attend and not? And I've I've been like feeling like I've been pretty ruthless, but. It's all for the best. So much more productive, and like I've actually contributed like higher level thinking to some of the whole well stuff I was working on、um, that I wouldn't have had the space for if I attended a bunch of things that I didn't necessarily need to. Well, I hope you really enjoy the the next little travel a bit, and、uh, you definitely earned it. We can't wait to see you. Yeah, can't wait to see you all too. I have a fun deck for a retreat about it. Mmm, <laughs> love it, love it. Hopefully, you inspire、yeah. more people to go do it, and they realize it's accessible and not just something we say. So, yeah, way to go. As always, thanks to GregThomasMusic.org for the awesome tunes. Thanks, buddy. <laughs>